Today on Talk About That, I injure myself and ponder when and why abs became so culturally important. Meanwhile, John makes a fashion statement on national TV and takes the Big Apple by storm. Also, we talk about being huge crybabies and why sensitivity is actually a good thing. Today's episode is not sponsored by chairs. When you get tired of taking a stand, just take a seat. Let's do it. We found a way to make another Monday episode of Talk About That. I'm John. This is Johnny. Yeah, like it's really hard. Like we we struggled. It's been a hard week, you know. No, it's not. It's been a busy week. Okay, but every but everybody has busy weeks. Nope, just us. Okay. Yeah. I uh, fell off my bike. Yesterday. When? Yesterday. Oh, I did not know about this. Uh, I've got a pretty good. Uh, my knee is beat up, bro. Oh, it is. It is skint. And my shoulder, I've got like a hip thing. From, I, I could have really hurt myself. From the fall. Well, here's how it is. When you start riding, okay, you're riding your bike like a normal kid and you have your feet on the pedals. But when you're going to get like an, into riding, you do what's called clip-ins, uh-huh. where you have these little cleats that you wear. And they have a little metal spur on the bottom of them that clips into this little bear trap thing that's on the pedal. And it makes your pedaling more efficient because you're pedaling the same rate. Yeah, what if you have to put your foot down? Well, that's where it gets tricky. You, What you do is it's like a snowboarder. You click out of it. You p- twist your, your heel to the right or to the far left mm-hmm. if it's your left foot. And then it pops out. It kind of opens the little spring-loaded bear trap uh, thing on your uh, Calling clip-in. it a bear trap. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It really does. But it's like a tiny bear trap for a tiny, tiny bear. (laughs) The most adorable bear that you've caught. Uh, Anyway, you what happens though is you get riding and like if you're if you know, I'm going to come to a stop here at this stop sign. You can know like I'll click one of my feet out and plant my, you know, right foot or left foot. And I'm used to it. But when you start to fall, your instinct is just to pull your foot off the pedal. And you can't pull your foot off the pedal unless you click out. Mm-hmm. And so now you have, like, no time to protect yourself from just, like, falling. So that's what happened. I got off the path a little bit, and then my little road bike, like, got caught in the rut, and I just started falling. And I couldn't click out in time, and I just, like, it was almost where you land and you're in motion, so you just, you scot, you skid. You just laid it, you just laid it down. With you oh, yeah. on it. Oh, yeah. And then I tried to jump up really, because by then the, you come unclicked because uh, you've fallen. And I tried to jump up and do the whole Pee Wee Herman dust myself off. I meant to do that. You know, you get the adrenaline, embar- the embarrassment adrenaline of like just, yeah. and I was bleeding profusely from my knee. And um, Oh, man. I'm just glad I didn't, you know, it could have been worse. I, but the bike, I've been on the bike so much lately. And so I've gotten used to it and I'm pretty good at, at clipping in and out. But when you start to fall... Your your fight or flight just just takes over. If you just go, I'll just pull my foot off this pedal. Mm-mm. No, you're not doing that. It's got to be a you're, bad split second feeling. It is a bad feeling, and part of it's just like this is getting ready to be embarrassing. Like I also am worried about hurting myself, but I don't know. I wasn't going super fast. I don't I don't ride super fast, but it was one of those things. But I the other experience I had on the bike the other day was bugs just come at you full speed. Like, I ride about 15 miles an hour, so it's not slow. Yeah. So when I get going really fast down a hill, like, and a bug just comes, every now and again, a bug will just come and hit you dead on, like a missile. Mm-hmm. This bug hit me in the ear, and it felt like it landed on my ear. Mm. And I go, and I smack at it, because I think this thing is still on my ear. And this black thing went 
flying end over end into this field as I'm riding. And I'm like, what the heck bug was that, right? It was your headphones. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to (laughs) be. And then I realized I'm only hearing the right side of my song. (laughs) So now I got to go find this earbud that I have knocked off my ear thinking it was, I thought, oh my gosh, these locusts. (laughs) It's the plague. It is. Revelation is real. You know. <laughs> and I'm running. I'm looking in this field. And what's funny is, you know how I found it? Because I thought, I'll never find this, right? It's a high grass. You heard it. No. I, I Once I got close to it, my earbuds go, earbuds joined. Because they <laughs> j- rejoined. Wow. And I knew that I was within like 500 feet or whatever of it. Or, so I just kind of like, wow. I, I scrolled, you know, I, I scoured the perimeter or whatever you do. So I found that. But yeah, so anyway, I've, I've had some, some mishaps. Biking is not for the faint of heart, John. Well, the reason I know that you flicked your headphones off is I've done that. Like I get, and it'll be in my sermon tomorrow, I get attacked by these like biting flies sometimes when I'm running. Hmm. Mainly when I've stopped running, because I'll run my three or four or whatever I'm going to run, and then I walk another couple. It's kind of my thing, my prayer time and everything. And I'm in like this serene, I have this place, it's my spot, you know, on the road. Very few cars come, all those kinds of things. And then, man, in the summer though. Yeah. I'll just get attacked. And so it completely Like horse, horse flies. They're, they bite you. They're like biting flies. I'm not sure if they're horse flies, but they will just like... You're not an entomologist is what you're saying. What I'm saying is, <laughs> I don't know what they are. I don't have time to stop. But I will I'll, I'll look like a crazy person. Yeah. Like I'm just flailing. And I'll have to take off running again mm. to get away from them. So Which they can fly, so that's not it's, yeah, generally the best. They have the advantage on this. They do. But I have done, I've done, I've flicked at my head before and uh-huh. knocked my headphones, my hat or whatever I have like all off. And then you're now reaching down the middle of the road and they're attacking you. It's not pretty, uh, but I know the... But listen, it's the price we pay for health, right? Oh that's, my goodness. Uh... I'm a picture of health. So I'm actually not a picture of health. That right guy now. flailing on the ground is in great shape. <laughs> Look at his like, What tries. are you doing for your core? <laughs> yeah. Just this. When did core become a thing? Like... You remember, yeah. you know, like people never talked about their core when I was a kid. No, it was abs. That's what you call but it. But even abs wasn't a thing. Like, you would see these old Clint Eastwood movies, right, where he's like, punch, he's having the big, remember the, the Clint Eastwood movies where he'd have like the 20 minute fist fight with the guy? Yeah. And he's shirtless. Clint Eastwood was like, a, like he was manhood to me. Like, he was like, oh, look at this guy. He didn't have abs. He just had like a flat stomach. Yeah. Like, a, somewhere along the line, a flat stomach was not enough. It's not enough. It's And then now it's like, the holy grail of like whatever, you know, man, manhood is abs. You got to have abs. And I just don't, I don't understand. Because you really have to like starve yourself almost to get abs. And you can't keep them long. Like you have to like dehydrate yourself in essence. Wow. I have a feeling that some listeners are disagreeing with you. Like you're saying this from the perspective of two guys who've never had that. No, but I'm saying like, here's, here's, this is something I know. This is true. This is somebody on Instagram that I saw that I follow. Because I watched this show called Heels, which I'm not recommending the show. It's not a sponsor, but it's about wrestling. Okay. Well, the guy that's on Heels, he plays one of the – they own this, like, independent wrestling company, right? That's the whole uh, drama of the show. And so the guy that's on it was in a show called Arrow, which is like a superhero show, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know who the guy was, but he he played Arrow. Uh, I'm going to mess that up too, but that's who he was. <laughs> so evidently in that, he looks like a comic book superhero. He's got abs. He's got the outfit. He's got the whatever. And in this show, he's a little bit like beefier. He's got like, 
He's mus- he's very muscular, but he's just so he's got like a photo shoot or he he posted a photo on Instagram like I'm ready for the season finale of blah blah blah. People are like killing him. What happened to the abs from Arrow, dude? What's going on? And they're killing him. And finally, he was like, he had to post another post. It was like, look, I could go on like a 36 hour cleanse right now and have abs like more than what I had in Arrow. He goes, like, I'm stronger than I've ever been. Like, he had to like shout these people down. But he was like, this is what you do in Hollywood to get that look. You have to like dehydrate yourself and starve yourself for like 72 hours. And obviously, you train with trainers and all this stuff. But it's I like, try it. Well, I mean, look, John, you could do it. <laughs> I don't think it would work for I me. I don't think you can't stay on keto for a week. You, I don't even. You'd have to dehydrate yourself for like two weeks, is what you'd say. Well, it's not just about dehydrating. You have to, like, there has to be no, no fat in front all, of. All dehydration. But I'm saying, like, to get that last pop of the abs, like, you have to be, like, empty. What do you do to get the first pop? Like, that's. Well, <laughs> you got to put the Pringles can down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Two guys talking about abs that will never ever have abs. No, well, it could be like. Remember, I think the movie Three Hundred really brought this more into. Like, and again, that was a lot of that was very yeah, like was, lighting and effects and whatever. Didn't they like, add I'm not saying this. Did they? Maybe. So. Well, that's the other thing too. Is like that guy in that movie is a beefy guy. Like uh, what's his name? Gerard Butler. Yeah. Like he's a big guy, but he's not a necessarily a cut guy. Right. In his other roles. So that was something he probably had to like nonstop train. I heard that those were like added, like they. Oh, maybe they were. They. I heard they added like so. I know they added soldiers. Like they recreated the, the big battle scenes. There's like yeah. that's a copy and paste of whoever. That's well, how they, they did these. Three hundred of them. Look, uh, if you can't get three hundred cut guys, <laughs> I'll put out a casting call. Like I would. Just, I get those casting calls. They're like, hey, I'm the before picture. <laughs> if you're still this guy. Do the 72-hour fast. Well, I mean, I'm sorry about your fall. I'm going to be fine. I'm just glad I'm not hurt because I'm actually trying to get into running again. I've started running uh, to try to get back to where I can do. And I'm going to do a 5K race on the 11th. You should do it with me. Is this the one in Lebanon? Yeah. It's called like uh, Running Lights. or Run for Lebanon. Lebaron. Anyway, it's a nighttime. And you get a hoodie, John. So that's... I do like hoodies. And it's to raise money for CASA, which we're, that's a big... Uh, oh, wow, is it really? Yeah, which CASA is what uh, court appointed special, special advocates. advocates. Yeah. So that's a local charity that uh, is very near and dear to our church. Well, I, I did run 50 miles in September to raise money. 50 miles? Yeah, in September. Oh, in, in the month. Yeah, to raise but money that's pretty for great. the witness in honor of the anniversary of the walk on Selma. So I like running for causes, is what I'm saying. Well, uh, then we got to do it. Just something we could do together. October when? November 11th. That's a bad day for you. (laughs) I can tell you right now. 11-11, it's just no good. You're already busy. It's, uh, no, we'll look into it. Well, Well, you just got back from your whirlwind book appearance on GMA. One who's not, speaking of not being fit. We call it GMA to the uninitiated. It's technically GMA 3, but... Oh, is it? (laughs) It's called GMA 3. So I was on Good Morning America. Yes. The third hour. Okay. And it was great. I don't know anything. Like, I don't know enough to know, like, that's... You you make that distinction, but I don't... I only make the distinction... To me, it's Good Morning America. I only made that distinction because I learned about the distinction 
on like Friday before we left. Okay. <laughs> so I had made the assumption, which here's the deal. It was Good Morning American, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was an amazing experience. So this really doesn't matter. It's just an interesting thing. So GMA3, and when they booked it, they're like, you've been asked. Man. We had, we've been saying there's a big show you know, coming up. Yeah. This was it. Good Morning America, and it was such a huge deal. Reggie and I were on there in studio live in New York. And when they booked us, they said, you've been booked for Good Morning America, the, their third hour. Uh-huh. And then the rest of the lines, they call it GMA3. I thought, oh, okay, well, they have GMA1, GMA2, GMA3, just for the hour you're in. It's probably different producers, different right. segments, all those things. And I think that the assumption for me was that the third hour of GMA would happen in the third hour right. of Good Morning America. And then I found out GMA actually happened. It airs at 1 p.m. Eastern. GMA 3 does. Right. So good morning. It's not a morning anymore. America is not in the morning. Good afternoon, so America. It's good, good afternoon, America is, is what we GAA were GAA or GA. <laughs> GA. Yeah. That's, yeah. It, it, it does. It, that's, that's the sound you made when you found out <laughs> that <God>. you weren't. <laughs> no, I mean, actually, I mean, it was great. I didn't have to get up as early, but... Um, you don't have to ha- deal with Strahan. Oh, that guy. Who needs that? No one likes Michael Strahan. <laughs> no, the host's name were TJ and Amy, and they were amazing. Amazing. Yeah, you know, the interview was so good. Oh, thanks, man. I mean, it, I don't think it could have gone better. No, I mean... Unless I had done it. Right. It would have been... <laughs> <laughs> you needed me coaching you there. It was... Uh, dude, it was weird. I got up, you know, my wife and daughter went. And I was probably about four blocks away from its uh, Times Square, mm-hmm. right there in the middle. I've of heard Times of Square. it. I've heard of Times yeah, Square. Maybe you heard of it. <laughs> and so yeah, like walking to Times Square to do the interview, and I got there a little early. And Reggie came from his hotel, and it was just it was in a it was a very surreal experience. They it had was, to be. They were so nice, so nice. Everybody, I mean, all the the crew and everybody, and the stressor. Obviously, the biggest stressor of it was taking the COVID test. Yeah, you know, just like because oh, you, yeah, you fail that thing. You yeah. don't want to get no D on that thing. Nope. So they'll send you right home. I did have a Michael Scott moment though, because they text you the results. You have to sign up and all this HIPAA stuff, you know. And yeah. it was like your test results are negative, and for a second, right? <laughs> I was like negative. negative. Oh, yeah. that's right. Negative, negative is positive. Yeah, positive. But yeah, it's like uh, somebody was talking. Somebody had a joke about that about how like when they're in a library, they freak, or when they're in a bookstore, they freak out because they're like, all right, I want. Fiction is not true, and nonfiction is not not true. <laughs> like, it feels like those should be reversed, right? Like, fiction should be the real thing, and then nonfiction should be fake. Like, nonfiction, I made this up. Fiction, <sighs> it's like, not not true. <laughs> it just feels like it's too much. And this is language. Like, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, it does. When you get those results, you're like, negative is good, right? Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't, yeah. Well, so, what's funny is I took the, I took this at-home test before I went to Cancun, right? Uh-huh, and uh-huh. it was a, one of those like over-the-counter $30 things just to like peace of mind before right. I got on a plane. It wasn't required, just required to come back. So I didn't want to bring a, te- a, a positive test over there. So we take our test. We get our negative results. I feel okay. And then I'm sweating it the whole week that I'm not going to test, you know, have an asymptomatic case that didn't present in Cancun. Right. So we get our negative test to come home. Guess what I got the other day in the in, in email? Walmart.com, where we got the tests. It said, we're recalling these tests. Oh, no. Because they're completely faulty, evidently. So the brand that I bought are complete junk. Were so you getting false positives or false negatives? They, were, they said the reason they do is because people were getting false positives. So you dodged two bullets 
to, yeah, cause if to I'd gotten get a, false, a negative. It, if I'd gotten a false positive, I probably would have gone and gotten a whatever, right. the real test. I had a couple of days left, but it would have definitely like spiraled me. Yeah. You, know, you got a whole week vacation riding well, on Well, we took two tests with us, and I was going to take one that night mm-hmm. before or the morning of, and I just decided, what's the point? Right. If it comes back positive, I'm yeah. going to freak out all night. I'm yeah. still going to walk to GMA tomorrow, and I'm yeah. still going to try, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, to get yeah. on. Um, You're going to try to get one past them <laughs> and give the entire crew COVID. <laughs> no, I just... That's I'm, happening right now with Ben Simmons, by the way. I don't know if you, you don't know NBA very well, but there's a player named Ben Simmons, right? Yeah. So Sixers? The, Sixers. Right, and in the playoffs, he had a terrible playoffs, right? Yeah. He's kind of known as a guy who doesn't like to shoot. Mm. So and he's kind of scared of the moment. That's kind of the new rep on him. Is he passed up like a dunk to like pass in a, late in the game? So they lose the series to Atlanta, who's not a, as good of a team, a less talented team. In the press conference, uh, Joel Embiid, who's their big center, like throws him under the bus. I was mm. like, yeah, we made some key errors, uh, and it seemed like we were whatever. And so this whole offseason, Ben Simmons is refusing to play for them. Well, now these stories are coming out. And one of the stories, oddly enough, is about COVID because there was a masseuse who was in the building who works for the Sixers organization before that playoff game. And the story is, I'm just piecing this together because I heard pieces of it on on talk radio yesterday. And they were saying that he came out and said, yes, I was... I may have been exposed to COVID if she came up positive. And uh, the players were using that against him, saying, like, if he really wanted to play in the game, he wouldn't have come forward and said that. He would have hit it at all costs. So they're saying, like, that makes him less of a gamer. Because he didn't hide. Because he didn't, like, because he basically he was looking for a reason. He's like, well, maybe I have COVID. Uh. But nobody really knows, like. What's the responsible thing versus what's right. the being a gamer? And it's like, it's such a weird pl- time in our culture we're living in right now. Yeah. To be clear, I don't. My, <laughs> so tell reason, me about how you wanted to manipulate no, the system. The only reason Donald I would have still gone is yeah. because there was a chance it would have been a false positive. Exactly. I understand what you mean. And I would have expected another, mean, let them John. test me as well right. and see what it is. And then but, you'll take the most, uh, whatever result you want. Whichever result helps me do the interview. No, it, it, it was, they were great. It's like you throw out the high and the low. Although I was expecting them to go jabbing it up in my brain, you know? Oh, and yeah, it was yeah. like right on the edge. Yeah. And Reggie was like... Cause- I just hand them a booger. <laughs> I just go, look, see what you can get out of this. Hey, let's... Uh- <laughs> you know? I think that's, I that's just as why, good. Why can't I just spit on a towel or something? Like, you know what I'm saying? And y'all just... What do you... It's like, we need some we need some DNA on this. Hey, I've got crystallized <laughs> DNA. Just have, have it this. We know Reggie did the NBA bubble last yes. year. And he spoke. He was there for like a week. And he said they tested him, like, I think two times a day, maybe? They tested him and sent him to the room... On one floor where you wait to see how the test is going to go, right. and then they move you to the secure room. But he still had to be tested daily. Yeah, when you're inside the bubble. Mm-hmm. And he said, "God, he's so he when they he saw them doing me first, he was like, whoa, is that all you guys are doing?'" And she said, "We have to test people so often; they've changed our policy. Instead of he, she said, this is actually not the most accurate. Most yeah. accurate is to jab it up in there, but our our crew has to get it tested so much. Yeah. You know, so so it was really cool." Um, but man, it was a. It really turned out. It's like an eight minute interview. So yeah, um, yeah. If you guys haven't seen it, I mean, I'm very, very. You've shared it on your socials. I've mm-hmm. shared it. I think. I mean, it's yeah. We need to share it to the talk about that Facebook page if we haven't. Yeah, we need to. 
because, yeah. Reggie was amazing. I mean, Reggie and TJ, you know, really shared a lot of their common experiences as black men in America. Um, There's some really cool moments. I mean, the honestly, the hosts are in tears. I mean, it's some things that you don't always expect. Yeah. Uh, but them being friends were having a sort of a parallel common experience to me and Reggie being friends of he's right. sharing things with her that she didn't know about his Yeah, the look on her face. Uh, yes, you know, this is something she's a co-anchor with and she's like, yeah. wow. Like she was having the same moment. So it was kind of something you can't really script. It was such a cool thing. Yeah. They had given me a, this is the behind the scenes, they had, were building a slide basically or some graphics. Uh-huh. So they're like, hey, you know, so the like couple days before, I had to memorize these four things that are from the book, right? To, because I knew that they were going to put them on the screen. Like oh, that. right! It's like a TED talk, and it was like, a, oh man! So like you know, f- three days going in, instead of just being able, because we practiced and kind of yeah. knew, and we've done a lot of interviews lately, um, long form interviews, short form are just so different, man, to get it right. And I was like, oh man, don't! So I had made a, um, a mnemonic device out of it. So um, or was is it, that an acronym? It, gah? it was. <laughs> it was actually Ulps. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you know, go climb the Alps uh, mountains. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I would, I don't know. So, but it was, um, it worked out. I didn't forget. Yeah. And it was fun. We read, I mean, it was so kind. And a lot of the crew came to us afterwards and were very like, just, hey, thank you so much. Like, you know, it seemed like it was just a great experience for, for all of them. So thanks. Hey, thanks to GMA and ABC. I mean, it was really a great experience and they were great hosts. We had a great time. Yeah, I was proud of you. And, uh, you know, then I, I had dinner with our pastor, Andrew. I was at a planning meeting for him with him for a fundraiser that we're getting ready to do in November. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was talking about the interview, and all he could talk about was the fact that you wore a hoodie under a blazer. <laughs> and he was like, what? What is John doing? And I was like, oh, because you're the paragon of fashion, oh, pastor. Oh, my gosh. I was like, "That's I've seen people do I've never seen somebody wear a hoodie under a a suit coat. I go, well, you know, he goes, he goes, who I go, I'm Gary. That's probably something Laura did, but I mean, it looked good. I thought it was cool. And he was like, I don't know. I just, I couldn't get over it. And I go, dude, this is friggin' Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Like I thought it looked cool, John. Do you want to, I want to go on record as saying like, I thought it looked fine. Do you want to know where that came from? No. So we should tweet this, this picture. I will send you a picture. That came from somebody. Are you going to send me a picture of someone else cool who did it? Oh, so very you're proven cool. that it's cool. Okay, but, but, but you'll, be, you'll be it'll be a full circle. When yeah. I tell you who. Okay, Michael Strahan. Okay, well there you go. It actually comes from Michael Strahan's men's warehouse clothing line. That's one of the outfits he wears. The hoodie. And I saw that. I was like, it was it was my idea. I was like, that looks cool. I like yeah. that. And I know Michael Strahan is on GMA. Right. So this had this would fit. So like, I'll be as cool as Michael Strahan. Well, my wife and I had a lot of those talks. She's like, you know, you don't. You know, know you can't get away with what you, Michael Strahan You are not with. going to You've look the same. You've not earned what he's earned. <laughs> <laughs> I think what she said was he's a lot taller. Oh, I think. that's so, very yeah, that's, diplomatic. That's, that's, that's the very only diplomatic, thing. Yeah. The only difference between me and Michael Strahan <laughs> is. is that he's a little taller. Uh, yeah. So, but no, I mean, we, you know, listen, I stand by it. Here's, here's the You've thing. You've only got two less Super Bowl rings than him. Only two. I knew that they were going to put minister, you know, yeah. as one of the things on the screen. And quite honestly, I just, the, I knew I needed to be a little dressed. Right, the idea of being a suit and tie. Like just yeah, a guy with stiff. no tie, even in yeah. just a shirt. I just thought, you yeah. know, not that it really matters that much, uh-huh. but I thought, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to look the part yeah. as the prototypical Right, bald pastor, you know, mm-hmm. up there. Like I just, even though that's what you I am, you look like a guy who wore a hoodie into the studio, and they said, "Sir, you need a jacket." 
and they hand you a jacket. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's, it's like, so we can't seat you unless you're going to. <laughs> this is what uh, is the reservation under? Because we're not seeing this. Here, jab this up your nose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, the weird part is you come in the side door yeah. and the security guards take you back and this producer met us and they I went into the largest elevator I've ever been in my life. Okay. The elevator had to be 20 feet high. Mm. It was a Wonkavator. 15 feet wide. And so I don't know what all they bring in there, but she said, like she said before COVID, she's like, there's all, you wouldn't believe the things when this door opens that we've seen on this elevator. Yeah. Like apparently someone had a huge snake one time and huh. just things that they bring on the show probably, you know, wild. But it was, it was a... That, that was that was a striking thing. I walked in. I was like, "Hey, y'all should think about getting a big elevator." You know, so um, I was watching the other segments, and it was interesting. All the things on the show leading up to you. Did you see? Did you watch any other things? Yeah, cause we were in the green room because it was like Girls' Day or whatever. Yeah, is, which these holidays? Day of the girl, so funny. Yeah. Day of the girl. So they had a whole thing about like women getting into non traditional. See, it was also Indigenous Peoples Day because it was traditionally Columbus, right, Day. Columbus Day. Yeah, that day. And I was interested that they were focusing on the Day of the Girl. I don't know how they right. decide. Yeah, I don't know how they – yeah, either. Maybe they thought, well, this will be different if we do this. Because it's like every day is like some special day for like – it's like 100 days now. They just yeah. try to – it's also the day of – it's Purple Day. Yeah. Like, all right, I don't – what's I, that do? I think Alicia Silverstone was on there after us. Okay. Uh, for a movie or – Some sh- new show. And I remember Sadie who was with us. What was funny is because is the other – I forget her name. The other – because that's the name I recognized – the other actress, I named it. So I was like, "Oh, who?" Like it was someone she recognized from, like, oh, a, yeah. you know, Alicia um, Silverstone. She didn't know as well. Gen Z kind of thing, but she didn't. Uh, she'd never seen Clueless. Come on, that's that's <sighs> way we, before, way before seen, her time. You know what? She's seen Mean Girls. Yeah, which is in that same kind of generation of movies. Yeah, I think a little, I bit, so. a little after Clueless. Mm-hmm. I think, but um, no, wait, Clueless is. Uh, Paul Rudd was in Clueless, too. That was, like, his start. And he's not aged since. Like, Paul oh, yeah. Rudd still looks the same yeah. as when he played a high schooler, which is really bizarre and odd. Was Paul Rudd the college romantic interest in Clueless? Mm, like, no, who she falls in love? I don't remember love, the movie very well, Who honestly. she falls in love with at the very end? I think he's the gay character oh. in Clueless. If I'm I'm totally wrong and people are going to be screaming at I don't at think so. I thought he was the... There's no way to know. <laughs> We this, just this, this is, is super important. We need a producer so much. This is super important. It's fun. It's uh, not. It's probably not important. Yeah, so, no, it was great, man. And then we went ahead and spent. I had another interview on Wednesday that was online. Yeah. Turns out Reggie had to leave. They actually wanted this in studio after we did GMA, but we didn't get to. And I have you don't have a clip yet to share of that. But it was a network called Cheddar News. Okay. Uh, which is a financial thing, but they do all kinds of segments. They have a, a thing called All Hands Race Towards Inclusion segment. So we did a pretty good interview on that. It was like six minutes. Um, and uh, I, Bro, you're making the rounds. Well, no, I've done two. So. This <laughs> is a whirlwind for you. Well, we decided, because it was Sadie's fall break, just to hang out in New York and that. So we stayed up through, all the way through Friday. And, dude, what what an adventure. I had to take – I had to do a lot of emails and different stuff just for the release and all throughout the week. But – we were just on the on Bro, the you run. can't hide money. I get it. You're like, hey, we're here. No, no, I, I have hidden money. It's let's gone. Let's drop. <laughs> let's drop a few grand this, in the most expensive city in the world. This was not. Well, I will say this. I did splurge on one thing. I know. And are you going to tell the listeners? I'm going to tell the listeners. Yeah. Because Lauren, I because you're a brag. You're essentially this is a brag. This is not a brag. This is a 
there's a philosophy. Oh my gosh. There's a philosophy of parenting. And I've said this before. Like, I don't believe my daughter will recall everything. Yeah. But I know she'll recall experiences that we can have together. She'll remember what you said, but she'll remember how you made her feel. Is that the Maya Angelou? <laughs> yeah. And it's a, like, if I look back, dad took us on vacations. Yeah. That was his thing. He worked so hard. But when we would go, you know, looking back, I mean, they were what they were, what he could afford. Mm-hmm. But he, it was a lot. Like, I know, take it, because we'd all take friends and, mm-hmm. you know, and he would really. I never had that. I never had, like, the friend that I could just, like, go to the beach with them and their family. Yeah. I needed that. I never had, I never had the boat family in my life. Yeah. Either. Yeah, I, I should have been. We should have been friends as kids. Oh, it would have been amazing. I would have come to the beach with you. You would guys. have gone to Gulf Shores, Alabama, every year with us. Oh, would have been great. It, a lot of it was our whole church would end up going. A lot of the yeah. church families and friends. But I'm, Dad, I think instilled in us that pay know, for experiences, pay for experiences. You know, yeah. and and so we pay. And then you you're total like cheapskate on everything else. Right. How much are those volleyball uniforms? <laughs> this is an outrage. <laughs> Well, we just. But we're going to see you too, sweetie. We so. knew it was like the one time yeah. her fall break would align with me having to be in New York for business. Mm-hmm. You know, she's 13. And so, dude, I bought Hamilton tickets. <sighs> I can't believe you got them. You always hear about. Because Broadway's only been back like a few weeks. A few weeks. Yeah, I got him a few. I got him like probably a month out. This is total black market buy, right? This is like a total. Oh, I met a guy in an alley. It yeah. was unbelievable. <laughs> um, and no, but it it and so we love Hamilton. Yeah, we've watched it on Disney Plus. Um, we've listened to the soundtrack all the time, mm-hmm. and so I kind of know it. And I read, you know, I love the book Hamilton, so th- that it's based on. And so I kind of thought, okay, well. I already know all this. You know, this is going to be fun. It's not the original cast, you know, all those things. This is going to be, you know, what it was. Johnny, it surpassed my, it exceeded all my expectations. Yeah. Like it, like I cried. I cried. Yeah. At several of the, of the, and I know that I already know the story. It was so much richer. We were, by the way. Did Sadie cry or was she like, pull it together, dad? She, we're I, in New York. I asked her afterwards, like, did you cry? And she said, no, I held it together. Like it was a, <laughs> like that she knew she wanted to cry, but she didn't. She was like, when I saw you over there <laughs> sniveling like a. <laughs> they were just streaming tears. You're I didn't, falling apart. I didn't bawl. I was like, I don't, I don't. I don't know this guy. Uh. <laughs> It was. I held it together. Gosh, it was Great. so. It was so good. We, I am such a softy, though. I cried at the drop of a hat. You when would. I seen shows. You would cry in Hamilton. Yeah. There's. There's like three songs in particular because the whole thing is music in Hamilton, mm-hmm. basically because it's rapping and everything else. But like the whole, almost all the dialogue happens in song, and I think watching them say it, reading their lips as they do it, it felt slower because mm-hmm. it's so fast. So much. It's so fast, but it felt slower in person, and you really saw that character development. But I mean, I mean, it's been out forever if you haven't seen it. But I mean, you know, there's just a few scenes where they lose people, other stuff where it's like, wow. Um, and it was so that that was amazing, amazing, amazing. We saw Lion King as well. She'd never seen Lion King. Yeah, it's we great saw too. Lion King Broadway, and that was amazing. Um, and then, man, we just we we became Subway in Central Park. Yeah, Central Park. You got stabbed. Uh, Wait, it was what a else? Blast. The whole New York experience. We really loved it. You overpaid it. for parking. No, y'all didn't have a car, did didn't you? Didn't have a car. No, we oh, did good stuff. public transportation. We did, um, I guess we did Uber from the airport, but then we were doing cabs by the end, yeah. which basically are the same now. I think that they have regulated that. Yeah, where, it's a whole thing. Where Uber can't put the taxi industry out of business and all that. But um, 
ate at some great restaurants. I mean, it was just, it was just, and often we would go walking and be looking for the subway or right. look, and we would come up across other things. And so the best thing was the last day we had just done, we did the uh, cruise out to the Statue of Liberty, had walked up into the base, explored that, the Liberty Island, then took the ship over to Ellis Island, which, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's totally. Res- well, I, that's the one that, that really did make me tear up. Yeah, when because I was on the Staten Island ferry when I we came by it, mm-hmm. but just him talking about it and like the whole I set my lamp at the golden door, like yeah, I mean I do it, it makes me emotional to think about it. Yeah, the idea of what America was set out to be. Yeah, like whether we've fallen short or not, and we are very critical of America on t- at times on this podcast, but I love America and I get emotional about the idea of America. Yeah, you know, well, there's certainly a purity to to what they were a logistical nightmare, but a purity to the intent. And certainly, everything wasn't done. I'm sure. I think two percent of people were turned away. Um, and there's all kinds of antiquated, you know, modernism. You can't judge right. things in the past exclusively upon present day standards. But there were also like I, I read one thing, and because basically they turned the whole thing into it's it's totally restored. And a lot of it's original. And you get to kind of walk through the process of what an immigrant would have walked through. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's pictures and video and artifacts and things in, in all these different rooms that you're in the room where this happened. Yeah. Know, where they would they would test you for this and that. And I know – I think it was maybe the children's – of course, there's many, many buildings on there. But maybe the children's hospital or, or one of those places, they had to post for the nurses, don't kiss the children. Hmm. And one, you know, one of them said that lets you know the feeling of what these many of the people working in Ellis Island were trying to do to love these people. Right. Like they had to tell them because of you know, transmittable diseases, diseases yeah. right, that you can't kiss the, the kids, but they wanted to. So they yeah. were, there was a lot of affection there. And I'm sure there's a lot. We also saw a lot of things where it wasn't all affectionate. But because, you know, that's the thing you set out to do good things. That's a huge part of our book. You set out to do good things and, and we judge so much in our lives by intent. Um, certainly as a pastor, I've, I've struggled with that over the years where someone would come to me when I was a youth pastor and say, you know, my kid's struggling here. And I was so offended because my intent was all good. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jamar Tisby in his last book says, you know, when you're when you're evaluating whether or not there's elements of racism in systems, Intent really doesn't matter as much as impact. You can kind of get over that. Um, you can kind of get over that insult a little bit of it. Hey, regardless of what has been intended, you know what is the downstream effect? Same thing with Acts chapter six and the distribution of food to the Greek and Hebrew speaking widows. There was not an intent, I think, for the people who were going to start a food distribution program to yeah. hurt anybody. But the impact was that this was this. There was discrimination against the Greek speaking widows, and so like sort of getting over that. Hey, my intent. Yeah. Doesn't is I think in modern culture intent's everything. Mm-hmm. Like how how many arguments with my wife are you know I didn't mean that right. like that. Or you know? even our apologies are laced with that. I'm sorry if you were offended. Right. You're almost saying like I'm sorry if you're so weak that you would have been offended by that. Yeah. I'm sorry that you cried at Hamilton dad. <laughs> Pull it together. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't mind Sadie seeing her dad cry. Oh man, I'm such a softie. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love it. I, I just, to me, it's like it. It signals to me that I'm on the right track. Honestly, yeah. like if I can still be moved, 
sometimes I go, God, I'm like their target demographic. I'm so, I like a Kodak commercial or whatever in the old days would make me cry or whatever, whatever car commercial. Yeah. You go, oh, no, this isn't good. But then sometimes I'm like, yeah, I want to care about things. Like if I ever get so callous that I can't be moved, I think that's a that's a marker of something, some trouble, maybe. I, I agree. I agree. I think that there needs to be tension, emotion. There needs to be nuance happening. Yeah. I, I need to be struggling um, with what I'm facing in life. If I'm not in some sort of yeah, I just struggle. Even if I know, because I'm a cynical guy, but I even if I know as the commercial's happening, like, all right, this one's going to get me. Like, I can't stop it. There's one, I think, <laughs> when we talked around the show, there's one that comes out around Christmas time. It came out last Christmas, and it was during COVID, and so it was this whole thing of the, this the guy. Note. No, not the note one. This is when the guy gets up every day, and he's working out in the shed, Yeah, and his his wife's kind of looking, the neighbor's kind of looking at him like, what in the world? And every day, and then he starts doing this kettlebell, and he's holding the kettlebell out front. He's doing like the thing where you lift it, you hoist it up in front of you. Yeah. And you're like, what's he doing? And then, you know, the neighbor lady keeps walking by, giving him the side eye. And then it, he, it shows like five or six times of him doing that. And then it shows him, he gets in his this car of this other woman, and they go to her house, and then he hoists the daughter up. Or the granddaughter up to put the star on the tree. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's coming, but I'm like, yeah. oh, you fall apart. You're like, yeah. what in the world? So I'm easy. But I just, I don't know. It's like the first 10 minutes of up, like, oh, what yeah. are you doing to me? Yeah. It's just all of it. So anyway, so you had the, the golden door. You had the Statue of Liberty. And then you had your moment where you were talking about not to cut you off. I'm sorry. Oh, it's Okay. Uh, we were, yeah, Ellis Island. Yeah, yeah. It was just that again, again, and I'm, I'm sure many people did not have positive experiences yeah. as well, but there was a process Yeah, yeah they yeah. were trying to bring people into the country. And then there's so much of a background too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, potato famine in Ireland, there's really disturbing parts about, um, especially anti-Asian legislation because of Chinese immigrants mm -hmm. taking jobs away from American workers and, that was one of the first times we actually excluded a, a nationality of people yeah. from getting jobs. It's, it's, you know, there's a lot of black eyes on, on, um, you know, the, the history there of things, but and there's nuance and complexity to all that, but getting to walk through that with Sadie and, and, yeah. and, and talk about those things and see those things, uh, was an amazing experience. So then we came back right, and we were down in the financial district and we're trying to find our train back and I need to, you feel very at home in the financial district, I'm sure. You're like, oh, this is where this is where I belong. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You just are screaming into the void at the stock exchange. And then, my favorite part is at the end of the day when they all throw all their papers down. And it's like, who's going to pick all this up? <laughs> like, there's all these papers. You're yeah. like, what's going on? Do they still have all that? Remember the uh, ones that used to be just oh, papers yeah. and screaming? Is it, Maybe it's all done on I computers don't know. now. I don't know. I don't belong there. I did walk past a Bentley, and I was like, Sadie, that's yeah. probably, what, a $200,000 car we're looking at. Mm -hmm. And then you realize how much I don't belong, you know, here. But, yeah. um, And so there was never a question, by the way, but that just Well, the guy inside me. the Bentley may be like, I am so over my head in debt. Like, you know, there's no guarantee just because <laughs> he had a Bentley. He's watching me walk by. He's like, right. God, if I could just be that guy. <laughs> yeah. look, how, look how free he looks. I saw him on GMA this yeah. morning. <laughs> then he thinks, why is he wearing a hoodie with a suit coat? <laughs> What a loser. <laughs> Why is he crying? <laughs> <laughs> but we were walking up, and I need, to, I need to take this moment to make some public 
yeah. announcements. Okay. Uh, one, my wife is a saint. Oh, boy. And she had to put up with a lot. Yes. And and she took care of us. We kind of threw this trip together because she is underwater at work and I'm underwater at work. And we just like hopped a plane and we had some plans. And, and you know, there was a moment she finally took over navigating, you know, or because my phone wasn't working. Hashtag T-Mobile correctly. Oh and not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. And so hers is T-Mobile as well, but it's a newer phone or a newer version. I don't know. So I still have the button, the SE. I like the button. But deal, oh, with, I do too. deal I like, with it. I'm know, all so. about the SE. But, but we would then um, compete for navigational supremacy at times. And the truth is... I'm just a big jerk. This is why so, we don't go on vacation um, together. Yeah, Maybe uh, I don't want to go to Gulf Shores with your family. Not if it was a nightmare. Not if it's like this. <laughs> and so she and I are trying to find the right train, and I look up, yeah. and we're in front of Trinity Church, mm. one of the oldest churches in America. And then I find a sign that says the train we're looking for is down the block, down the side of Trinity Church. As we're walking down, it's sort of like this incline, and mm-hmm. Trinity Church is above. It's it's elevated. Sandy goes, Dad! And I look up. She's being mugged. And we are staring. We're about six feet away through the fence. We're yes. looking at Alexander Hamilton's grave. What? She found Alexander Hamilton's grave. And it was. Accidentally. Accidentally. And this is two trips in a row like this. Yeah. That she has found. Because we were in Washington, D.C. We were wandering through National Cathedral, she uh-huh. and I. And she stumbled upon Woodrow Wilson's grave. Mm. Uh, yeah, the lesser known musical was written about him. Right, he doesn't. He didn't get. A, he did not get a rap musical. No, it wasn't rap at all. She, she's got the nose for it. You need to put her on Oak Island. There's. I'm, she gonna find <laughs> she'll some find stuff. something. Yeah. It, was, it was so much fun though, but we had a great time and it was a, a huge adventure and um, a, a big week. And thanks to everybody who ordered the book. And we just appreciate everybody being so supportive. We got a lot of good messages and, and other things from you guys. And yeah, you can. There's still time. We we need that uh, first couple of weeks bump for you. So not so black and white book dot com and leave a review and all that good stuff. Once you get the book and you're a confirmed purchase, you can leave a review. That helps people find the book and yeah. it helps. Uh, clout is such a dumb word, but there is a thing to be said for like. Certain people look at those things as far as like, will I buy this book? It used to be the Oprah sticker. Remember when you were on the Oprah book club? Like that sticker would be worth whatever. Like it's really about getting this book to the right, into the right hands. It's not even about like, oh, let's make a, let's sell a million copies. It's about like, you want it to go as far as it can. So, you know, you've worked hard on it. So it's okay to promote. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, here's the, I think this is important. Yeah. And, and, And I'm, I write a lot of things. I think this is important. And a lot of things I've written are important, but this is this is important, and um, and I think that it'll be eye opening for whomever reads it. Um, and if you have already got it for real, verify purchase the reviews. Like yeah. this is going to go out on Monday, like that first week. So Tuesday marks the first week. Yeah, if you have it, yeah, go write a review today. <laughs> be Do very it, guys. For it. Yeah. And you know, uh, we'll pay you for that review <laughs> if we need to. <laughs> If that, you're listening, FFA okay? or FAA or uh, I don't know what organization. CCC? Would, uh, TCB. Uh, TCBY? Remember uh, that? That's not a thing anymore. Is the it country's not? best yogurt? I don't know. I don't know. If you're T- listening, T- WWE. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, that would be. <laughs> if they're listening, that'd we're be something. We're just kidding. We're not paying for reviews. but Nobody pays for reviews. No, well, some people may. We don't. Somebody might have. Because we're broke. We're going to Because John spent all his money in New York <laughs> <laughs> on Hamilton tickets. <laughs> It was worth it. It was Won't worth it. you give? It was worth it. It was, uh, I, I, and I, I'm glad we were able to, but yeah. Yeah. 
So, but I'll be borrowing from you later. That's so, fine. I yeah. bought your lunch today. Thank you for that. That's not nothing. No, it was something. So here's an experience that I had. I know we're running out of time today, but this is the cool experience I had. So I do these shows sometimes at churches, and you don't know what you're kind of walking into. But it's always fun. It's always an adventure, and I love what I do so much. And post-COVID, I'm really kind of even more trying to appreciate it more and smell the roses more. But this church in uh, Illinois had me in to do a fundraiser for their missions trip on Saturday night. And they want me to stay over and do their Sunday services. Yeah. And I've done that before. And I was like, sure, I can do that. And, you know, I have a background in, in uh, preaching ministry. I can do it. And so they, uh, wait, I go in, they had a female pastor. This is a church of God, but Anderson. So like yeah. Anderson in Anderson, Indiana, Indiana, mm-hmm. say Indiana, not Illinois, I said Illinois. So Anderson, Indiana is a whole different church. So they have, uh, they're egalitarian. Which I'm all on board with. Oh, cool. It's great. And I grew up with female ministers around me, so I love it. And so she was super sweet, and uh, the people there were so great. And so I get up to speak, and I do my thing. And I'm kind of nervous because I did 60 minutes of comedy the night before, and now I've got to do, like, some comedy that I didn't do the night before because uh-huh. it's a lot of the same people. And then i got to weave it into a message. So I'm kinda, I don't do that a lot enough to be, like, really polished at it. So right. I'm trying to, like, get out everything I want to say. And I had these new ideas, on which I talked to you about some of them I wanted to talk about. And you were like, I like this. And I go, yeah, but it's not done yet. And it has to be done in three days. So I felt like it went fine. And they were really happy with it. But then we're talking after. And I noticed on their bulletin, and I sent you their website snippet. Yeah. They have a Creole service. Yeah. And I was like, what in the world? I was so fascinated by that because I think of Indiana as just like the whitest white that ever did right. white. And I'm thinking, how many Creole people are here that you're doing a Creole service in uh, Vincennes, Indiana? Yeah. Well, she starts telling me the story because I'm asking one of the other pastors and they're like, oh, I said, and they're getting ready for that service. So these, uh, these two Haitian guys are there, uh, in suits, like decked out and they're getting ready to start their service and they're just waiting around for the other people to arrive. And so that's like a 1230 PM service. And I go, yeah, and they're saying, yeah, here's what, here's how we started when we, we started planting this church 12 years ago, there's a factory here and they get a lot of their workers from Haiti. And it's like a textile or something. Yeah. And so she said, we started realizing this is a really unreached people group. They're here and they're totally like, they don't have any like community at all. And so we started inviting them to church, but they speak Creole. It's like this whole thing. So we started doing this thing where we translate our message into Creole and then the guy gets up and delivers. So they're all getting the same message. Wow. And then as she's saying it, she realizes, oh no. We didn't prepare the thing today. Like, Mm-mm. and now we can't give the guy the translated your jokes. Right. They're not going to. Like, it's not. Is it, even if you, even if they had thought to do it. But they couldn't like, be culturally appropriate. We don't know if it's going to work. Right. And they just didn't think to do it because they run like this little translator thing that they have an app for. And wow. then they just like spits it out and on paper. And the guy goes up with these papers wow. and gives it like a speech, basically. And I'm like. Oh no, I've made a problem. Like I'm a problem now. And they're laughing and they go, so they're like trying to panic and he's standing there waiting and he's like 500 feet from me. And I'm like, what's he going to do? And then I'm like packing up to leave and go home. Wow. But I'm like, I've left this mess in this church because I came in and did jokes and they have to translate them into Creole. She said what they ended up doing, I think was they went and found an older sermon, like one of the greatest hits from 
three years ago or something and had him do that. So they printed off an oldie. Wow. They dusted off Couldn't an oldie. Couldn't they have just done your sermon minus the jokes? I don't know. And again, that would have been a lot of pressure on this guy because just, it's just different. He Maybe if he's used to, live, to delivering her style because she almost always exclusively preaches. Yeah. So it's very rare for them to have a guest speaker, which is a whole other thing. When you get invited in to do somebody's church and they hand you their pulpit, it isn't it's a big honor. And yeah. I, I take it very seriously. Oh yeah. So I don't come in and be like, I'm the new guy, I'm gonna say what I want. Yeah. But so I try to try to be very like, you know, a diplomatic with what I say. Even if it's something I like, this is really how I feel, I'm gonna be myself, but also I'm like, this isn't the time for this. Yeah. You know, because I didn't I didn't earn the gravitas with these people like she has. Wow. So it was kind of interesting, but I just thought, what a weird, like, who else, what other comedian has a story like that? <laughs> they had to hurriedly try to translate my jokes into, into Creole, Creole and realize, well, this is a, this is a, a fraught with problems and we're not going to do it. So they, they last minute decided not to. I love that they're reaching Yeah, it's so cool. Group. Yeah. I just thought, what an interesting, yeah. what a cool, uh, what a cool church. Wow. So, yeah, the, 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 what's funny is they're called Thursday Church. They started having like an alternative service on uh-huh. Thursday, and they have branded their whole church around it. So they have a Thursday church. I almost mentioned it in the show because Thursday church, they had me come in on a Saturday and do their Sunday service because they also have a Sunday service that's like a, you know, just as an option. But Thursday's their like main service. It's yeah. like a Thursday night service. Good afternoon, America. It is. It's good. After- yeah. I did GMA3. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm going to go back. Post- I'm going to work up a Creole set. That's what I'll do. I'll work it up next time I come in. I'll have a couple of jokes in Creole. Billy Crystal did that back in the day. He did a uh, a thing called Midnight Train to Moscow, I think, where it was a comedy special he did in Russia. Wow. And it was in the middle of, like, the Gorbachev era, perestroika, and there's, like, the Cold War was ending. and so, Or maybe it already had, the wall had already come down, so it was like this. But still, there's fraught tension, sure. and he's the American comic. And I remember he did the first like five minutes of his special in Russian because it was a Russian audience who also was bilingual. Wow. But he wanted out of respect to do. So he learned some jokes in Russian. So I remember watching this as a kid on like Showtime or HBO and thinking like, wow, what a, what a historic, remarkable Man. thing. And then one of the things he did that was so fascinating, one of the first jokes he did in English was he talked about how a lot of the Cold War he blamed on bad translators. <laughs> Because he goes, these translators, they're setting the course for this dialogue. And so if they decide to, like, ramp it up, it's going to create huge national waves, international waves. He goes, you know, when Khrushchev banged his shoe on the podium and said, we will bury you, that's not what he said. He said, these are not my shoes. (laughs) (laughs) And it got a just gigantic laugh. It's like this huge release valve. I remember thinking as a kid, what a funny, like, remarkable. I knew how big it was even at the moment as a kid. But I need to learn some. I need to learn another language. Is what I'm saying. I need to be more international. Dude, the apps are all there for you. Man. I know Babel, yeah. or, which that feels a little bit weird. Yeah. That one is like, all right, let's build the Tower of Babel. I don't really. I don't. That's I'm not, not a good down for that. God was anti-Babel. I think. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I, 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 I did. It's so funny. It's such a preacher thing. I did when I walked into New York. Thought. I wonder how tall the power, the Tower of Babel was as compared to some of these buildings right. I'm looking at. Like I had that sort of like moment mm-hmm. of trying to compare. Not because I thought, they have built under them a Babylon. Like I did not think that. <laughs> but just like out of curiosity, when yeah. the ancients thought they could build under the heavens, I wonder how close to Rockefeller Center mm-hmm. they got. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I wonder how high. So in our hotel, by the way, we were, we were on the top floor, 32nd floor. What? Hotel. Yeah. Bro, you can't, I'm telling you, you had the time. <sighs> it was fun. 
was fun. 32nd floor. Yeah. Well, la dee da. Look at me. I think it was totally random. So, but. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Totally random. The fact that you had a butler, too. <laughs> it was a four points by Can Sheraton. Can you believe that I accidentally got this room, Jeeves? <laughs> Could you please go turn on the hot tub? No, they're not big rooms in New York, as you know. No, so no, they're hallways. tiny. Like, yeah. yeah, but it was, it was great. So, a good time. But and we, you know what, listener? We hope you've had a good time today. And being a tourist in our city. Oh, my goodness. Our fair metropolis. This is coming out on a Monday, but we're going to be discussing next week how Johnny's huge show... <laughs> At Zany's, has, it's too late to get tickets. So thanks for nothing. But announce it now. But no, it's fine. If you could go back in time, buy tickets. To you can at least send a note and say I meant to be there, but yeah. I forgot. Yeah, here's I a don- here's a donation. I didn't see the many promoted ads <laughs> that would have been forced into my feed. <laughs> no, we can't wait to talk about. It. I know it's going to go great. We're very excited about it tomorrow. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. So hey, go check out our website though. Talk about that podcast.com. Are you sure? Talk about- <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm getting confused with uh, not so black and white, not so talk about that <laughs> book, podcast.com. Not so talk. Yeah. yeah not it, so talk. No, talk about that podcast.com where you can see uh, 170 mm-hmm. plus archived We're episodes. We're 181, I think. 181, so yeah. over 180. So uh, do that and uh, share it. It helps people find the show if you leave a review and uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, it means a lot. Send us your questions, your topics. Uh, we always appreciate those. Uh, occasionally they get red, you know, on the air. They always get red. Occasionally they get yeah. red on the air. Maybe and, you uh, fell off your bike and you want to tell your story. Yeah. You have a testimony. Mm. Yeah. We've all fallen off our bike. Haven't we, though? Isn't Isn't it's, it? like, it's like our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's an actual bike and it hurts your actual knee a lot. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for hanging out with us a few minutes this morning. And uh, we'll see you next week. I'll talk about that. <laughs> Everyone wants to change the world. Capital Ministries is doing just that, one heart at a time by creating disciples of Jesus Christ among political leaders in the U.S. and foreign nations. For more than 25 years, founder Ralph Drawlinger has written Bible studies specifically for public servants. Study along with us and learn what the Bible says about capitalism, communism, abortion, same-sex marriage, and other contemporary issues. Subscribe and follow us at lifeaudio.com or search Capital Ministries on your favorite podcast platform.